Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. It was, of course, the big end to the domestic basketball season last weekend. Riders and Lions victorious at the O2. What a fantastic showcase it was for the BBL and the WBBL. If you want all the reaction to that, a recap, head to MVP247.com or any of our social platforms. Now, it was the end of the campaign, but for one of our brightest talents, it was the end of the line as well, a career over, and one that's included some significant starts with both GB and on the domestic front as well. But before she darts off completely, I'm really delighted that Janice Monacana is my guest on the MVP cast. Janice, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And let's start with maybe the tough question here it was the final of the playoffs your seven yeah. out sons beaten 70 45 by london i mean it was a very competitive first half you yeah. were one of the stars of the show less probably rememberable for you guys in the second half and um, as a team and you're a few days out now as, as we record this what's the assessment of that performance you know i think we came out with good energy um and we saw because i think even going into the it was either the third or fourth i think we were only down six mm. it was like the third and fourth quarters that kind of let us down so i think you know we kind of just lost focus there and lines are a team of runs and so you know they got on some runs and we just weren't able to answer back so yeah and then but overall i think you know i'm still proud of our team i'm still proud of us fighting till the end um and yeah it wasn't one of the an outcome that we you know we wanted but I'm so proud that we you know we got there and um you know we battled till the end you revealed a few days in advance that you'd be retiring after that final yeah so you know it's this is it yeah what was the emotions like that morning when you you know you wake up and you head over to the arena uh it was overwhelming you know it was so many thoughts just where I started you know to I even thought you know how lucky I am there's people out there that will that never get an opportunity to play you know on on TV and on a stage like we played um I had my nephew with me who's about he's about four and um just having him there and him able to see me like warm up and play and yeah it was just everything you know it was just everything and and yeah, it was a lot of emotions though. Like just thinking of just how how far I've come with basketball. Yeah, it's just amazing, honestly. Did it sit in your mind during the game? Because obviously, you know, you want that focus on on every play and every possession, mm -hmm. etc. But you know, at times, you know, it's great as athletes when you get that opportunity you know, to, to to just look around, to stop just for a moment, to be present yeah. in that moment. Did you get that opportunity during the game? So I initially, because it did take a long time to set up, so we were out there <laughs> on the floor for a while. <laughs> so I was just kind of just taking it all in. You know, I was walking around. I was just like, you know, just taking in um, just the scenes. And I kept saying to my teammates, I'm just, I just want to enjoy this moment. Like I, I wanted to try and just 
enjoy every second of it and just soak in the moment and just be present in that moment. So, you know, during the game, I did get rattled a bit in the second quarter where, I, you know, I started to get let my emotions of the fact that it was my last game get the better of me. And I, I did get a bit upset. But yeah, like, you know, I, I was really just trying to enjoy it, enjoy the moment. And because, you know, I'm I'm never as much as, you know, whatever I do, whatever I'm going to do next, it's like nothing is really going to amount to what basketball has given me. You know, I don't think anything can kind of top this, the experiences that you get with it. I mean, it was a great crowd, um, live on TV, as you said. I mean, yeah. You, you've seen this league grow ever since you came yeah. back from the States. As a player's view, how did you feel that that was packaged and, and the playoff final as an occasion felt? So I feel, honestly, I, I, I've been, I, any interview I've had recently, most recently, I've really said, like, you know, I think, you know, I, with with the advertisements of these, you know, these games, I do feel a lot of importance is placed on, like, the men's game. But and even though we were happy with the crowd that we got, and it was a lot more than we usually get, but I do feel there needs to be a bit more promotion. There was, like, not much leading up to the game. Um, just a bit more promotion so that you can get people in these seats. And, you know, for us women, especially in the UK, it's like you, we want to inspire the the you know young girls to to want to play so that there can be that kind of longevity in it and you know so that we can see across like you know maybe like decades or so you know good talent in the UK but it's like that won't happen if we're not inspiring you know young kids and it's like if they can't see if they're not seeing it promoted how how do they know you know do you feel that sense of one thing I thought was slightly buried on Sunday um was it in London not obviously completing the domestic clean, clean sweep and, and mm-hmm. pains you, I'm sure, to have lost them, but the accomplishment that they had, not yeah. losing a single domestic game all season, a, a brilliant team, a brilliant collection yeah. of role models, and you've got plenty on in Seven Oaks as well. I, I did feel that in a sense the fact that they took their leave 45% of the way into the afternoon mm-hmm. probably didn't allow us to sit back and appreciate that quite as much. Yeah, I just think, like, I think even Joe tweeted about it, you know, the other day, just saying, like, having someone, like, of her calibre in the league and not taking advantage of it is, like, you know, just to inspire the youth with her experience and where she's played. You know, it's just, it's little things like that. I just think, like, appreciating the, you know, the types of teams that you have and the types of players that you have while they're the, while they're in the league, you know. So, I think, yeah, more could have been done this year, especially on their end. They had an amazing season and it's like you know <laughs> they weren't really like yeah people were posting after but they weren't really recognized for what they did because it's really really tough it's a lot of games during like the whole season it's a lot of games because two it's three different competitions so to not lose a single game is not easy and I mean, as you said with joe and shanice and z mm-hmm. what a collection of not just yeah. talents British talents, but here playing together and yeah. bringing something really distinctive to, to our game that we yeah. haven't had in the past because they've all been, well, apart from Shanice, but you know, they've all been playing pro overseas. Yeah, yeah. So they had it like, I, in terms of just their experience, um, they, yeah, it's just, it's a deep team of experience, experienced players, 
you know, a lot of talent. And, um, you know, I think it to help them that they have the funding as well. Because that's a big thing too. Like, you can you can bring in players of that calibre when you have the money to, to, you know, to kind of accommodate and, um, you know, pay them what they're worth. So that's another, like, that's a whole other issue, you know, with one in these types of players to stay. It's like, you have to have the money to, to you know, be able to pay them what they're worth. Do you think... Well... We'll, we'll talk about this career change in a minute. Mm-hmm. But if you were in a position now, and we're looking forward to next season, it's that time of year when people talk about contracts. Yeah. If you were being paid what you're worth, as a Great yeah. Britain international, who would command a certain salary overseas and in European clubs, would that have shifted the dial for you at this point in terms of you deciding to go now or postpone this decision for a year or two years whatever time yeah no definitely that in itself it was a big you know a big um factor in me deciding to you know kind of just you know call it quits when I did because at the same time people like you're 26 but it's like you know in three years I'll be 30 and it's like and you know you I need you need that financial stability to do things. And especially in a country where everything is become like, it's getting more expensive just to, you know, exist <laughs> almost, you know, like doing, playing in the UK, it just doesn't match the expectation, not expectation, but the, it doesn't match. I won't say it doesn't match or it's just hard to, to do that and be able to do things like get your own place, get your, you know, do things that you want to do in life and so for me personally that I want to do in life are six so I'm, I'm not sure about everyone's goals but yeah if I if I could be paid properly um and like what my you know what I think is personally my worth would that have shifted my decision definitely but it's just that whole thing you know I worked full-time I've been working actually full-time um whilst I've been playing in the UK and practicing and it's just it's really difficult to do um it takes up a lot of time. Plus in the summers I would do GB. So it's like just not feeling like I had enough time for myself. Um, still feeling like I didn't really have the financial stability that I wanted um, and just a lot of sacrifice. So it's like I almost had to kind of give something up and thinking with basketball, I've done so much that it was like a good time for me to like, I don't have any regrets. I felt that I've ticked a lot of the boxes that I wanted to, t- to tick. Could I have done more? Yes. But am I happy with where I'm leaving it at yeah as well like so it's it was just a good time for me in terms of factoring in all the things that I was does it slightly prey in your mind I mean it's you've had this love affair with basketball for 16 years now and probably beyond that yeah but when you when you I'm not saying that you're playing for the money because you know it's still the WBL here yeah but does it has it shifted the kind of relationship you've had with the sport that you don't feel that that reward is there. I mean, does that mentally kind of, I don't say cut the love with the sport, but does it does mm-hmm. it um, impact on it? Well, yeah, it, it like, and it's it's like it's not in a bad way because it's like when you're when you're talented, it doesn't matter what job you do. If it's basketball, if it's something that's in the corporate world, or like anything like healthcare field if you are a specialist or expert in a field then you want to be paid your worth you love what you do but you want to be paid in accordance to what you can do you know so it's like you know if you're like 
when playing and you feel like you're at this level and you're doing all these things, but then what you're getting paid isn't matching. It's almost like you kind of do lose a bit of love for it because it's like, you know, like if I'm not being paid my worth, then it's it almost like, okay, like where is this relationship taking me, you know? And, and can I can I maybe do something else that would be more um, rewarding in terms of just like the love for it and then also like having that, that like, the pay matches, you know, your your talent, if that makes sense. Now, when I heard that you were retiring, I mean, you've you've got a master's in HR management, and you've been working yeah. as a as a recruitment coordinator in the the NHS. Yeah. So I thought, ah, oh, she's she's just climbing the corporate ladder here. You know, she, yeah. She's got a promotion, or you know, she's she's going to be you know vice president in charge of human <laughs> resources somewhere very very soon. And like, we can't say that you're going to reveal what you're going to do, but why don't you? For those who don't know, tell us what this incredible new career is that you've got. <laughs> yeah, so when I, I worked as a recruitment coordinator, um, I managed a maternity department. So I would help out with the interviews, speak to the candidates. I had a really good relationship with the matrons and just, you know, the people that managed that department. And my just curiosity for just midwifery grew um, as I did that role, as I did that role, yeah. So, and then I realized too, I'm, I'm someone that with working corporate for a lot of people that have just played sport their whole life, it's like, you never actually think about career. It's, it's almost kind of in the back of your mind, like life after sport, like what, what am I good at? What else can I do? So for me, I kind of, with HR, it was like, it was, I did it while I was studying, while I was in Nottingham because I was injured and I was able to just kind of find a course. Um, and HR was one of the courses I'd heard that, you know, it's good. And, you know, all companies have a H, like have a HR department. So I kind of did it without really knowing, is, is this my passion? Is this something I'm going to be good at? But luckily, when I did work in the recruitment department, like I said, I managed that maternity department. And so, yeah, I just grew more interested in midwifery. And I've just decided to pursue it. It was hard because with this, doing a degree, I have to go back to school for three years. And so that's who played into my decision-making into retiring because I won't be able to do that that um, degree and play because it's full-time, you're on placement. Sometimes you work like 48 hours, like back-to-back, 24 hours, sorry, back-to-back. So it'll be like 48 hours night shifts it's just a, it's a lot it's a very intense course so yeah <laughs> i mean most people in that situation would just get clucky and broody because you're around babies all the time and yeah what the germ of actually that that sort of thinking i'm around this oh that's an amazing job but to actually go yeah that's this could be my passion was this a yeah. slow build or did, 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 I, did was there a light bulb moment so um Actually, when I went out to Sweden, um, so that time we had a lot of free time. Um, when I went out this season for the little time I was there, um, yeah, do, because we had a lot of free time before the practices and like after, I spent a lot of time just trying to figure out like if I really like wanted to continue playing because I was kind of indecisive while I was there. I wasn't really enjoying myself. Um, and so, yeah, it just made me question my journey with sports. Like, had I kind of reached a point where I was just, like I've you know I've done enough and I'm happy and content with what I've done and I don't see myself playing again or was this just like I'm at the wrong team and you know maybe if I go to another team it'll be different 
Um, so I spent a lot of time reflecting. I was looking at careers. Um, and obviously, prior to that, like I said, because I'd worked in that maternity department, I had that, you know, interest in midwifery. So while I was in Sweden, I started to just look at courses. So actually, this season, I was taken, I went back to college and I did an access to midwifery course just to kind of see if it was actually something I was really interested in. Um, and the more I did it, I was, you know, with the the most interesting part for me and probably like what I'll look to like do focus more on in my career is obviously in the UK there's like women of colour are four times more likely to die at birth mm -hmm. and being a woman of colour myself it's more just wanting to understand like the research behind it like why this is happening um, and just see kind of where I can help and where I fit in you know to help that um, number go down so yeah is that, is that that's part kind of this of is that part of the passion in this passion project yeah yeah it's more like seeing hearing these stories and these people reminded me like relating to them because they're in you know i'm in the same you know i fall into the same category as them and you know if it can happen to anyone it's like you know i want to make sure that i get the care that i'm supposed to get when i decide to start a family and then also advocate for other women of color and any you know people that fall into the bane community um to kind of just like lower that margin, you know, and that number um, of, of these deaths. So it's, yeah, more about becoming an advocate for it. It was where my interest is. When you sort of sit down and take the decision, I mean, you're just two months shy of, of turning 27. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and it's, I mean, Chema Bithado is one of many people who have paid tribute to you for the last few days. And even he was saying, yeah. it's sad that she, she's retiring so soon yeah um, was was it really simple at the point of going i mean the career thing mm -hmm. the, the passion's there that's what i want to do but how tough was it to kind of go i'm gonna have to let go of this other great passion and these teammates and these coaches and these opportunities or whatever i mean Hard, hard did you sit down with a spreadsheet or was there a scales or did, was it you know rock paper scissors or hard, you know, hard hard tough was this when it came down to yes i'm gonna push the button on this oh if i could like put into words <laughs> but like i can't even explain how difficult of a decision it was because basketball is all i've known since i was 11 you know like that's all i've known that's all I've, you know, <laughs> you know, wake up and just think about when I'm going to practice. It just, it's, it's my whole life. So even thinking about giving up something that means so much to me was really, really difficult. Um, and it wasn't a decision I came to like over, like, it was like, you know, once I came back from Sweden, I knew I was going to retire. I kind of, I did say it. I was like, I'm thinking of retiring. Um, after this season but it wasn't really concrete because I kind of felt like maybe I'll like play this season and I'll decide that I just want to do one more and I could I could always defer the universe like my university year to start after the season ends um but I think as the season went on just being able to have a good season I kind of was like you know I never wanted to be a player that left, you know, retired when I was like, <laughs> barely could play, barely could, you know, score a layup or, you know, I wasn't the player I, I, I knew I was, you know, prior to whenever I was going to retire. I, I always wanted to leave on a high and I just felt this season, we've, we went through so much and, and just coming back to the team and, and, and having a solid, like, 
second half of the season it just felt like a good time um to to kind of call it you know put an put a stop to it and you know close this chapter but it was really difficult because you're giving up gb camps which i i love so much like being coached by chema going to those camps is is an experience in itself like you get to be around like friends because i'll be around sheridan shanice people that i've played with when i was younger um and you get to like travel so it's it's a lot of you're giving up a lot like when you retire but yeah I, i think it's a part of life you know you can't do things forever you know so it's like at some point you will have to come to the tough decision and give it up obviously i'm giving it up earlier than a lot of people would but yeah this sounds like a job interview question what do you I think know. you will take from being an athlete and being you know going through all the processes and the you know the the dedication to the craft and all that kind of stuff what do you think you'll take most that will help you in this this new journey I think there's so many transferable skills with basketball and that's just how amazing of a sport it is because skills like I know I know I've been through so much especially like the culture shock of when I left at 18 to go to Toledo and I remember the first I think it was like a one like the day after I, I arrived we had a conditioning session and we ran so much and I remember being jet lagged you know out of shape because I hadn't really I didn't really know what to expect um and you know being able to go through what I went through at Toledo with the conditioning the three-hour practice plus lift plus studying it just I can like for me I can I can do anything you know I set my mind to and it doesn't matter how hard it is it's about not giving up and if you're passionate about something you will find a way to to you know make it make things work because I still you know with all these things I had in Toledo I still found time to have a social time to have my downtime you know to do things that I, I I enjoyed while managing two hour study tables three hour practices lifts 6 a.m practices lessons you know it was a it was a lot so I think just taking that that I've been through so much of basketball and I survived it so it's like I can really survive anything <laughs> you you started as plenty of people have done great players it's the production line is hiring gay angels um, yeah was it an instant love affair with basketball was it an instant hey I'm good at this I got this or how was it well, to be honest with you, I was really, really bad when I first started. I couldn't get the coordination of like <laughs> the left, right layups, the right, left. Um, I used to get so many charges because I was really quick, but I just didn't know how to control my body. So initially, actually, when I started, I wasn't that good. I'm more like the social part of it that I met so many people that are still my friends to today. Um um, so yeah, the social part of it was more <laughs> what um, lured me, kept me coming back. Um, and then eventually, you know, people started to see my talent. Like my coach at the time, my coaches at the time um, could see that, you know, if that like I actually had talent, and so like worked with me. Um, so it's like over time, I actually became better. The more work I put in to my craft, did I become like a better player? And I think the older I've got. My game has matured, you know? So I'm not the same player that I was when I was in college, when I was at Haringey, 
that I am today, you know. I wasn't I didn't actually shoot a lot of threes. I was actually known to be a driver. Whereas now more times if you ask people they'll be like, Oh yeah, she shoots a lot of threes <laughs> which is like hilarious. Just how the your game evolves, you know, as you as you go through, you know, your basketball career. I know you were one of six kids. I'm not sure where you were in the yeah. pecking order, but does that not make you naturally quite competitive? You have to hold you <laughs> yeah. in six. <laughs> yeah, I have I have four brothers and then one older sister. So, yeah, you know my brothers are super competitive. Me and my sister are really competitive too. But yeah, just having to compete in the house if it's for snacks, if it's for anything, just like TV time. Yeah. <laughs> With within your family, and you know, there was that moment. You were fourteen, I believe. Um, yeah, it's December two thousand nine, and you, when your dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Never, you know, never a great time to lose a parent. But as you yeah. know, it, it, you know, and you're younger, and you know, there's, you know, it's, it, I guess, it feels more because it's pivotal in the life in your life. Um, how did that impact you at that point? Because I guess you were in that point in your journey where you were deciding, you know, do I, do I play basketball? Do I go to the states? Do mm-hmm. I stay here? I mean, how does that shift things? It's it's really crazy because that week, like my dad never actually got to see me play. Like he would come and pick me up for practices, but I don't know if he <laughs> he didn't want to know if I was good or bad. That like he would just literally stand in the hallway and not come in. And I I don't know if he was yeah maybe he was like if she's bad I don't want to see her. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> he would never come in. But there was one day so he he had spoken to my coach and my coach told him you know she's she could be really good um, if she takes it seriously and you know, puts the work in and she could go to the States and do all these things. So he sat with me in the car and he was just telling me, you know, I spoke to your coach and, you know, I'm going to come and see you play because he tells me that you're good. Like he wanted me to do all these things. Like he said, he wanted me to be serious about basketball, go to America, um, you know, and just pursue it as a career. Because he said, if the coach is saying you're good, then you must be good. And he had promised that he was going to come to a game. Um, So it was just, you know, losing him when I did after that conversation, because it was like a week after we had that conversation, did he pass, was, yeah, it was heartbreaking because he never got to see me play. And I think it's something that I've has been difficult for me with basketball because um, I, you know, sometimes, especially in the States, I'd have teammates that would have like their parents and especially their dads come to the game or even now, you know, when I see people's parents or their dads, you know, like I, I'll never get that moment. But at the same time, it's fueled me to to do all the things that he wanted me to do. What do you think he'd have made of this? Because, I mean, it's it's been oh. an extraordinary journey. You know, Eurobasket oh. finals, that runs the semis, GB Cups, you know, major trophies. Yeah. Oh, I really say he would be shocked because (laughs) (laughs) because I just don't think he expected me to even well maybe he did. This is the thing. I'll never know, but I don't know if he expected me to do all that I've done. And I think he would honestly be so shocked, but just so proud because initially he actually had me doing a lot of sports when I was younger and just he was just trying to find one that would stick and basketball ended up sticking for me. Um, but it was really to keep me busy because he was very, you know, he was education driven. So he wanted us to focus on school and then sports came after. It was just like more just to keep us busy and like not, you know, engaging in other stuff because at the time he was raising us in Tottenham so there's a lot of like distractions um but yeah so 
it's just I I honestly I think about this all the time and I just I wish I I wish I could have had that moment with him just to kind of know what he would have thought of like what I've done but it has fueled me in my career maybe if he wasn't I don't know if I would have done all the stuff that I did maybe I would have but it's just been a, a, a like a, a driving force behind everything that I, I do is I, I literally do it because I want to make him proud and I want to do you know all the things we spoke about when you say he would have been surprised but have you surprised yourself or was it was that you know once you meet you know sometimes we set our goals and it's like landish particularly when you're you know 14 15 or whatever but yeah did you kind of have that sense of of i'm not saying destiny but I, you know i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make this happen mm. um i think with it's, it's crazy because i think people think naturally maybe it comes across that I'm like super confident but when it comes to basketball I've always been really insecure in the sense that I don't actually when people will be like oh you're really talented or like you know you're a great player I don't actually have I, I haven't always seen that you know I, I I'm very critical with myself so I critique a lot of things um and especially within my game you know there's a lot of things I wish I could change I could I could do better um so you know, I think, yeah, it's a tough one. Because for me, I, I honestly, sometimes I'm more surprised with the stuff that I do. Like sometimes if I score a basket, I'll be like, you know, how did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how did I how did I manage to do that? Because, you know, there's not always that belief. I, I don't think I've had. And if that's one thing I could, I could change about my careers, I wish I would have believed in myself more. And my ability, because I think I've second guessed myself a lot and questioned my ability. And I didn't, I haven't always been able to see what other people see. I would say that. So, yeah, I sh- I shock myself honestly all the time. <laughs> like, I really do when I play. I'm like, I look back and I'll watch the game back, and I'm like, like, how did you do that? How did you do that? I was, yeah. So, yeah, that's one thing I would change though. I'd be more confident and just kind of know the type of player I am and the ability that I have. Because then I think, you know, maybe things would have been different if I believed in myself a bit more. Do you think that would have made you a better player? I mean, it may have taken you on a different path, but do you mm-hmm. think you would have got another 1% or 2% or whatever number that is with that self-belief? I definitely, because I think with me too, sometimes I can be complacent. Like, sometimes it'll be a game and maybe like in the first half I would have scored like, 12 points and then you won't see me score again because I I I feel I feel like I get a bit comfortable and it's just like if I had that mentality and that self-belief it's like not even just about scoring but just in general I think I would I would have approached things and maybe I don't know push myself to do more just yeah just overall I think just push myself to do more because I think because I didn't have that self-belief I almost was comfortable I, I got comfortable and I didn't ever like push myself past that that stage of like comfort comfortability I don't know if that's a word but you know I don't think I ever pushed myself so I don't think I ever actually got to see the player that I could be that's the one thing I would say like I think I could have been a lot better better than I than I was but pretty some pretty impressive stuff it's a great start where good friend Bradley Gaines spoke this week 106 appearances in the WBBL 1,366 <laughs> points more significantly five trophies two MVP prizes all, along the way when you look at the numbers that's, 
It's not bad. It's not. It's quite crazy because <laughs> I thought I actually had more appearances. <laughs> I think I was lead. I'll buy his expertise in this. Right. I was like uh, 106 in five years. But I mean, if that's in 106 to school 1000, I think 1300 is, yeah, I was shocked honestly when I saw that I didn't even think I had that many points <laughs> because Nottingham I was injured the first half um of the season so I didn't play until the second half and then yeah I just didn't think I even had that mu that that many points and then in terms of the accolades and stuff yeah it's been good because I've been blessed to be play to play on teams that have a lot of talent on them so and Nottingham we had like Ashley Harris at the time um and then obviously Seven Oaks, I played with Tiani, Kat, and we've gone through periods where we've had like a lot of like um, good talent and just good chemistry. So, what's been your favorite team? Let's let's set aside GB, <laughs> but of those kind of WBBL groups, and obviously you had the, the eighteen nineteen year when Suns were unbeaten in the league, and yeah. Um, but what, what was the favorite group amongst those those sets from the the domestic competition? Um, I would say probably my first year at Seven Oaks, because hmm. um, that was the year we actually lost the trophy, was it the cup final, on a buzzer beater by Helen Aylar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Buzzer, yeah. Astonishing shot. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> that was heartbreaking. But that team, that team was... I just enjoyed it a lot. Like that season, I had so much fun, um, and I think I was I was literally playing free. Um, so yeah, I would say probably that's probably like my favorite team that I that I've had like favorite team or like group that I've played with. And saying that, the greatest team, and I'm going to call this one, and it's my opinion, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that 2019 Eurobasket, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching you guys in Riga, and then we all. To, to camp for Belgrade and you know getting to Belgrade was phenomenal yeah and then you get through the quarterfinals and then the semi-finals of, of a Eurobasket and we're an absolutely historical territory here yeah I mean, it, I mean we all want to be part of something that's that's fresh and that's broken a limit and it's done something unique but what was it like to be part of something yeah of course it would have been great to go to the final or, or win it yeah but, I mean to, to be part of something that no one in British basketball has been part of before. Oh, it was amazing. Honestly, like that, because I think altogether we spent basically two months. So we didn't even have as much prep as, you know, you would want going into a Eurobasket. Because I think we did a month camp and then we left for a month. Um, but just, yeah, that team was and, you know, I say this because me, Sheridan, and I think Carly Samuelson was basically like the youngest players on that mm. team because I think we were all 95s. Um, and then everyone else had kind of been playing together um, for a while in terms of like the senior team. But I just, I didn't even feel like I was young on that team. I didn't feel like I wasn't a part. It's like they just did a good job in making everyone feel involved and you know, the, the most important thing I learned with that is just, like, you have to play your role. Like, everyone has a role on the team, and it's just ensuring that you you do your part every game. And I think with that team, everyone had bought into their role, 
and it didn't matter if you played one minute, two minutes, 40 minutes, in between that, we were all excited and, 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 you know, we were all excited for everyone, you know, and no one was on the bench sulking about minutes. No one, we just wanted to succeed. And I think that's why we were able to do how, like, as well as we did, because everyone bought into the system that kind of Chema, you know, he talked about positive glasses and that's how we, <laughs> you know, carried ourselves throughout the tournament. It's like literally having positive glasses at all times. Like it doesn't matter the situation, your role, your minutes, your whatever, you have to be positive and, and bring that all the time. Do you, do you feel there was a special kind of alchemy about that group? I mean, Chema was obviously such a, Mm-hmm. catalyst for everything and binding everyone together and it'd been a yeah. building process as well obviously talent you know it's there's talent that it played together and you know added to it with with younger players like yourself but was there something that was unique that happened during those two weeks where suddenly everything came together i mean it was just this beautiful chemistry ever. i mean did you feel that when now you can sit back and look at it was there something that really felt different about that run i think i think the fact that like we went into the tournament and a lot of people didn't even think we were going to get as far as we did and i think we beat latvia which i think we weren't i I think a lot of people didn't think we were gonna win that game and then just kind of winning I, i i don't know if we lost the game in our pool can't even remember but I don't think we did minus we lost against Spain and us only losing to them by I think it was a two-point game I think Mm. we lost by two or it was definitely five or less I think that changed everything that game changed everything because initially people thought Spain was supposed to blow us like you not blow us out but you know it was it wasn't really supposed to be a close game and for us to be as close as we were and Spain had all their players, I think that showed people the talent and on the team and the capability of that team. And I think us even being able to be that close to Spain just gave us that confidence moving forward. We kind of had that chip on our shoulder that we can play like you, we can play with the best teams. Did you think with that, I mean, you know, going on to the next phase, and, you know, it's, it's Montenegro and then it's Hungary, which is a you know, classic game. Yeah. And then obviously that semi-final against France where it was it was really in doubt until the last minute. I mean, it, you know, France, a phenomenal team. Yeah. Um, but can, when you get it, we go back to being present and being in the moment. Do you feel like you took that in? Because, you know, it's easy for someone like me. I was sitting watching and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. You know, did you did you take it in at the time, or did, you know has it taken a little while with that perspective to, to kind of sink in what was going on and you know the, the extraordinary results that were coming? I think you know at the time I didn't know because I didn't even really know that no other team had even got that far. <laughs> so <laughs> it was honestly I was kind of learning as learning these things as we went on because I would see tweets and I'd be like what like I'd be like wait what like we're literally a part of history so it did take us like a lot of time to sink in and I don't think till we came back did I actually understand like what we did and then like being able to go to the um the Olympic qualifier and just being a part of that did I know the gravity of what we did I was like okay like we actually did something really big because this hasn't happened before, you know? 
do you feel i mean i felt the one thing that week and it, it probably when we came back everyone sort of noticed it is it was an amazing achievement but largely mm. went unnoticed back in this country very much yeah and it's just that it's just that thing that we spoke about earlier just about you know <laughs> promoting things and um I think in this country, obviously, there's a lot of other sports that get a lot more coverage, a lot more, you know, yeah, just like coverage in general. But to even have done what we did and be, you know, so close to being in an Olympic and not getting as much coverage, you know, that just shows you that there's a big gap there. And going on to that Olympic tournament, um, I mean, it's so close. It's so close to getting to those Olympic Games. I mean, it really came down to that, that last game against the Koreans. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, the first two games in in the playoffs, it, we were kind of like, okay, GB are not the favourites, but you just have to win this game. Yeah. Did, and it wasn't a great performance. Did, did, now, when, again, it's your end of career, you can give these things a bit of perspective. Yeah. Did, did, does that feel like the ultimate kind of opportunity that was there and was there for the taking and, and just slipped away yeah and I think we all said that after that you know we didn't show up we didn't perform well and you know we lost ourselves that game like if we would have if we would have came out and just had a better game and you know I think it was more that the fact that we were giving them you know threes that they they weren't getting with the other teams because they lost as well to China mm. and Spain, um, but they were you know they were making them drive because they predominantly wanted to shoot threes and I think us just giving them too many of the shots that they liked, um, so I just think yeah it's it's one of those games that you you're I think even now being retired I'll always look back and just think like you know if we if we would have came out differently. We would have definitely been in the Olympics and it's a game that we let slip through our hands and yeah it's just yeah that was a tough one that was a tough one because we definitely should have won that game. What will you miss most about this sport? What I'll miss most um so I'll say like two things like the first thing is like playing basketball you get to meet so many people and Playing, play with different people because obviously every year we bring in new imports or you know you get to play with like just different people so I think that aspect of it because I actually enjoy the social part and um you know making new friends that you know I'll have for life um just like I have like with Kat, T, um other people I've played with so just that aspect and then for me I, I love game days I really do like I love the adrenaline and the like the lead up to it I'm yeah so I'm, I'm definitely I'm just gonna miss I'm gonna miss a lot of like yeah the prep behind it and even like the big games where we play you know when you play in Birmingham play another O2 <sighs> yeah sad <laughs> will you miss the road trips to Caledonia though definitely not Caledonia Newcastle oh gosh <laughs> too far it's too far it takes a whole day basically away <laughs> last one I, i'm gonna put you in spot here uh favorite teammate and 
Uh, least favorite opponent. Favorite teammate. Um. Oh my gosh, that is tough. That's why I saved it to last. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is so tough. I would say based on this season i would say well i'll base off this season but i'd probably say like jam um because yeah like i just love playing with her we've obviously been friends for a long time and um get this is my first season actually playing with her and um since we were younger actually but yeah and i just enjoyed it so much like just having a person that you know has your back all the time and is going to call you out when you're wrong or like when you need to, you know, step up. I just appreciated that a lot. Um, and um, yeah, we just had so many, mem like we've, we've created more memories now being able to play together. Like we just, so there's a lot of things, yeah, that I enjoyed this season playing with her. Um, and then worst opponent. Huh. Well, obviously, I'll just say London, honestly, because this season, they really got on my nerves. <laughs> because they're so deep compared to us. Like, you know, we could have a good maybe two, three quarters, but they sub so regularly that their starters, you know, they get breaks. So they come in and they're refreshed. And, you know, most of us have been playing at that point in about like 15 to 20 minutes, you know. So we're, you know, running on E and, you know, so... Yeah, I would say playing against them this season, I loved it because the lead up to it and just the game, I you know, knowing that I'm playing against good comp good good competition, sorry. Um I I you know, I looked forward to it. But yeah, they're just they were too deep. <laughs> they brought in too many players and it should be illegal to do that moving forward, but yeah. <laughs> they are they are the original WBBL super team. Yeah, they're the mammy yeah. of this league. But yeah. There you go, season over, then you know, hope springs eternal for everyone else in the summer. Um, yeah. Janice, it's been phenomenal watching your career. Um, it's been brilliant being present for so many of your big games. I know your hands are still going to come in useful in catching babies, so they yeah. will not go to waste. Um, but wish you every success in, in your new career and everything that comes with that. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Pleasure. That is it from Janice that is it from me for this edition of the MVP cast you can of course subscribe via your preferred podcast provider or ask your smart speaker to play the MVP cast always great to hear from you you can hit me up on twitter at mark purple or via the website at mvp247.com plenty of course coming up over the summer world cup qualifiers Eurobasket for GB men Commonwealth games 3x3 we will take some time out of the podcast but we'll have some special editions to help fill up void in your basketball diary over the summer months but thank you so much for listening, and for me, Mark Woods, it's goodbye.